goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And I can't wait to talk about this episode. Today we're doing crime-free Mayberry, which is, Mayberry is crime-free, but it features, you know, I think of Ocean's Eleven, I think of Fast Five, I think Fast of the Italian, <laughs> Fast Nine, F9, F9, <laughs> I think of the Italian job, I think of all of these great heist movies, and I feel like we watched an episode about one of the most poorly thought out heists attempts in, in, in U.S. in television history. Yeah, they definitely did case the place. But yeah, it was a fun, I did enjoy this episode kind of as a starting block. I did enjoy this episode too. It's a, it's a, it's a fun episode. Um, Want to just dive in? Start the show. All right. So this is the only episode written by Paul Henning who created the Beverly Hillbillies. So to give you a, he, he wrote this episode, but obviously went on to have greater success quick, with quick the Beverly Hillbillies. Quick tangent here on that front. Like, is this fairly reminiscent of the poorly taught, like poorly executed heist of the Beverly Hillbillies? I don't think I've ever seen a heist episode of the Beverly Hillbillies. I think this was just a, this was just not a very well thought out heist. And we'll break that down as we get into the, as we get into the episode. Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. So we open with Andy singing the legend of John Henry's hammer and Otis is having a good time listening. Have you ever heard that song all the way through? No. no. There's a number of great John Henry songs. A really funny one is the Smothers Brothers version of the saga of John Henry. I don't know. You probably haven't heard that one. I really either. haven't heard that. But, you know, if we're going to go into this in the different versions of songs, I like, you know, we got to talk about Romeo and Juliet and the Dire Straits, the Indigo Girls, the Killers, you know? Is it like one of those songs, Romeo and Juliet? I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's quite like that. Yeah, but a lot of people have sang this song, um, including a lot of country singers, including Johnny Cash, have recorded a version of this. Okay. All right. Sounds like it. Yeah. Barty comes in. He's in a cantankerous mood, basically tells Otis to get out. Um, after Otis leaves, Barney, um, Andy asks Barney what's wrong, and Barney just kind of starts going off saying he's a hip, hip deputy at a hip town and a hip jail. And Andy tells, yeah. The boy's spiraling. He's straight He's spiraling. spiraling. And you know, when I'm spiraling, I just need someone to tell me I'm spiraling and go for a little walk. But I don't know if that would help Barney. I don't know. I mean, you always wonder, you know, the other thing is Andy is always good at recognizing people's feelings, but that was a period of time where people didn't just say, you know what, I think a walk around the block would do you some good. <laughs> yeah. I think they so. just didn't do that back then. No. And, and, Andy tells Barney to sit down and tell him what's wrong. And it turns out Barney saw this new state police headquarters in Mount Pilot. And it's got all these great bells and whistles and they don't have anything of the sort in Mayberry. You know, I th feel like this was a missed opportunity for Barney to mention that they don't actually have like windows over their bars. And it's very cold in the winter that, you know, this new facility even has like closed windows versus just the open air concept that they have in the Mayberry jail. Well, I mean, I think you, I think this just kind of epitomizes Barney Fife not bothering to fix the window, the draft in the jail cell and the drafts in the jail, but worried about getting a mobile crime lab. I mean, I think that's the, uh, that's the issue that you run into with Barney. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, so basically Mayor Pike comes in with FBI agent Jenkins, um, who tells them that they are being honored for having the lowest crime rate in the country. And I can't help but just when I hear this, like they have the lowest crime rate 
And I'm I'm like, well, I mean, how many shows have we watched and how many times things have we heard nowadays about cities juking stats and doing all of these things to show that crime is going going down? Totally. But I also don't think you know they have a good number of crime like they had. You know, Barney has taken down like, I think, 1500 serial killers in, uh, you know, a season and a quarter. I, I don't think I think you're overstating. He's taken down a few speeders. I don't think serial killers is 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 in the cards. He, and they have caught some. They have caught some escapees running, trying to get through Mayberry. I don't know if that constitutes crime if they just happen to be passing through and you catch them. It is a jurisdictional issue for sure. Yeah, yeah. So Andy says the reason for the low crime rate is the people. You know, which is what Andy would say in something like this. Barney wants nothing of it. Barney tells him to go to the barber shop, and then Barney proceeds to tell this FBI agent how great they are. Do you think that that's actually how Barney unwinds? Is he gets like a nice scalp massage and gets his hair trimmed? I I can totally see Barney appreciating a good shave. I think so too. Yeah. At the Barney at the uh, at the barber shop, Andy is telling the story about killing a carp. This is one of my all-time favorite scenes i've got a bunch of all-time favorite scenes but i always laugh when i see this scene because yeah it just makes me laugh i mean this was hilarious it was so well executed it was oh so yeah good. and then oh, yeah. pike comment at the end so good oh yeah and then mayor pike comes in with a reporter um who is going to cover who's going to cover andy and the guy Andy's just continuing with this carp story, and she thinks she's talking about him killing someone with the last name of Carp. And the reporter leaves horrified and saying, "Maybe one day they'll kill a Pike too." I mean, or something like that to Mayor Pike. It's just great. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. Not, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So Mayor Pike keeps carrying on about the ceremony, and Andy is really uncomfortable about it. Opie comes in and says he's excited about them getting the medal. Andy says. He and Barney do not want medals. And this show, this episode in, in particular, is really good on its timing because he makes this statement and we immediately cut to Barney looking at met medals and asking if they've got anything bigger. I agree. I love that there was a medal guy in Mayberry that came and could put it all forward. It just, it is beautiful because you see such a good distillation of each character and the way that they view modesty and their own role in, in the world. I think it's- Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they're back to chatting with Agent Jenkins and Agent Jenkins. He tells Agent Jenkins there's three reasons for the low, low crime rate. There's Andy. There's me. And then he slaps his gun and says, baby makes three. <laughs> Wait, what is his gun? <laughs> baby. Baby makes three. So a photographer named Layton comes in and Agent Jenkins sends Barney to go get Andy. And after he leaves, it's revealed that they're actually bank robbers casing the, the town. And we go to commercial. And this is a this is a this is a, something that I am really glad we don't see in television shows anymore. They're just sitting there laughing. Like we're gonna we're gonna get we're we're gonna like like we're we're bad guys and we're just gonna laugh about it, what bad things we're gonna do. And they also are so casual about it. They're like, well, yeah, well, you do, you for it, do, do, do. but I gotta be honest, I didn't fall for it until the, until they had that moment. But it was just poorly executed in how they kind of like showed to the audience that they were criminals. So did you did you think they were legit folks coming coming in? Oh God, yeah, yeah. 
mean, I don't know. It makes me laugh though. Like FBI, the FBI sent him, sends him down there. The whole thing seems so um, absurd. The FBI was like a budding thing back then, still trying to figure out its footing. But the question I have though, so if the photographer is in on it, was the lady in the barbershop also in on it? The lady in the barbershop, I think is kind of a, is kind of a ruse for the audience because you would almost suspect a rat you just if, if it's just this one FBI agent saying saying that you know this is you know that the, it Mayberry's crime free, but with that reporter, it makes it seem a little more like oh this is um, this is legit, and we get we get we get a delightful confu- confusing story about him killing a carp. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah, but then you know I I don't know. Did you ever watch? Did you ever see the Naked Gun movies? I have, but I don't remember much. It was a long, long time ago. Well, they would do, um, they had a show that was based on um, on CBS. It only ran for six episodes called Police Squad. It was a little ahead of its time, but every episode would end with them telling a joke, you know, like how Murder, She Wrote, and other shows would end, and they'd always laugh at the end, but then they just hold, and they'd play the music, but it was clear that they hadn't freeze-framed, and so they were... Um, you know just like <laughs> laughing and trying to hold their hold their smile it was pretty funny oh i like that yeah all right back from commercial barney comes in he's with a bad song about andy and barney and it's terrible i'm gonna disagree I okay thought i thought it's it well i thought it was well executed i enjoyed it i've come up with some trash songs in my day and they've never been as good as that one did it i don't it did it make you laugh yeah, it did make me laugh. I liked it. It was good. All right. I other than one either. Well, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know. And it's but it's revealed that Barney wrote the song. And Andy just is not having it. He's a little, he's he's had it. I mean, he's a little, he thinks this whole thing is just a little ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous, but Barney's having fun with it. I feel Barney like is. If this were to play out in a long epilogue, I feel like Andy would be egging on Barney this entire time. You might be right. I don't know. I don't know. But later, Floyd comes in. He's offering a tour of the jail, and he says Andy is probably the greatest lawman since Wyatt Earp. And I don't know. Do you think Andy Taylor against the Clintons? Do you think that's a fair fight? No, I don't think so. I also don't think, I think Andy Taylor knows his community and I think he is a just and honest man, but I don't think he has like massive ability to solve crime. Well, it's not even a massive ability to solve crime. I mean, the Clintons were just a nasty bunch of outlaws. And I mean, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't see Andy really playing nasty with the, um, with the Clintons, the way the, you know, to take out the Clintons and the cow or that kept the gang of cowboys the way Wyatt Earp did. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Well, Andy's not having this. He doesn't want to be called, you know, he's not, he thinks this whole thing's silly. He takes Floyd outside. It turns out Floyd got this tour off a bus to New Orleans and charged them 50 cents per person for a tour of the jail. I love it. It's like yeah. people at the Port Authority and getting them a job. It's just, you know, employment for Mayberry. No I mean, other way around. Other way around. He's, he's, he basically, it's, there's no employment here. It, like Floyd's got a side it's a business. It's, a yeah. it's basically yeah. like the hop on, hop off, hop off bus of, of major cities. Yeah. 
Yeah, except really there's only one hop on, <laughs> hop on, hop off point. So, all right. So apparently now Mayberry has a tourism board and we go to the meeting and Aunt B is saying she will put together a book with the life stories of Andy and Barney. And we see some pictures of Andy from his childhood. And then Andy comes in complaining about the tour and saying this is so ridiculous. And it says, what can Barney say about two empty cells? Perfect cut to Barney carrying on about the maximum security cells and just going on about how, you know, how they're so they're impenetrable, they're impregnable and how people keep break in or break out. And then we walk in and Otis, and then we see Otis walk in drunk and just puts himself in the jail. And Barney tries to make it sound like they're dealing with a major criminal. And he goes, we have a savage killer. And Otis goes, I just killed a whole pipe. And that's just <laughs> great stuff. I think this is good. This is also a counterpoint to him justifying why they need the mobile crime lab, right? Like if they really do have this state-of-the-art impenetrable jail cell, they don't need it. They don't. They don't. And so we go in the FBI agent and the photographer on the corner talking about how easy the bank will be. I mean, this is just, it's just kind of like the talking bad guy uh, just over and over. It feels yeah. like something out of the Three Stooges of like, yeah. how sticky can we get with this? Exactly. I mean, the only thing that would have, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, the only thing that would have made it better is if they'd all had like thick New York accents and they were, you know, <laughs> carrying on. Um, okay, so Andy walks up to him and the photographer asks Andy to take a photo with the FBI agent. We, when I watched this, I did not realize that this, you know, that this was the actual, what, what gives it away until later. I gotta be honest, I didn't either. And is that a real rule? Like, can you not get my picture taken with Stan Beeman if I run into him? Stan Beeman is probably the one of the worst FBI agents to ever come. (laughs) In the history of television. So if the worst thing, if, if the worst thing, like if Stan Beeman of all the thing rules that Stan Beeman ever violated, he was like, sorry, kid, I can't get my picture taken with you. I'd be very surprised. <laughs> and for those of you just listening, Stan Beeman is the FBI agent neighbor on the Americans. <laughs> That's fair. I like, I like lambasting Stan Beeman. I never, I had a soft spot for Stanny boy, but he is, he, he did screw up quite a bit. Yes. Yes. Well, and then, so I don't know. I mean, I've, I know FBI agents. I've seen them on, I think they have Facebook pages. I've seen pictures of them on Facebook. So I don't know if that's. (laughs) And their code names. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea. I'm just saying, you know, it's, um, I don't know how strict that rule is anymore. Okay. So Andy leaves and they, and they continue to make their plans for robbing the bank. They're going to do this during a large ceremony where they're um, where they're honoring Andy and Barney. We go to the ceremony, FBI agent Jenkins or fake FBI agent Jenkins starts to speak and Andy is uncomfortable and Barney is prancing around like a rooster. The photographer kind of sneaks out the back. Like not even really sneaks out, but also if I were to see him, I'd think you're just going to the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. We cut to him working on cracking the vault, then back to the speech. Barney comes out and just screams, we defy the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is fun. There's so many good one-line moments. Oh, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I just I'm like, what? I was like, I don't, I was like, it's just, he gets all worked up and just screams that, screams that out. 
And the photographer gets into the vault and he starts to walk in and Andy's waiting for him. It turns out the vault has just never been able to be opened, but they've got entrances on both sides because they lost the combination. And so he slaps the handcuffs on him and says, you know, FBI agents aren't allowed to get their picture taken. That's what gave you away. And then back at the jail. I mean, it is, it is a good piece of, you know, really poorly planned heist but also really easy to stop too right yeah. so like, it kind of goes hand in hand they talk on the street Andy just walked in the back door they didn't realize that there was a back door to it and that it was a, and he saw straight through the cover the second time they had an engagement so it is kind of almost comical how poorly executed the criminals did it well they think they're so smart and I mean I think that's really when we well, do, we if we break know. down why this whole whole bank robbery was dumb a you're introduced, you're letting an entire town see your face and see and know who you are. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> you're in you're impersonating an FBI agent, which I believe is a federal crime, um, to say the least. Impersonating a photographer. I mean, I don't know if there's any law against state per- crime. <laughs> impersonating a photographer. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like the, you the wedding s- photographer industry in in North Carolina in the early to mid 1900s was a really strong lobby. You know, you know, an unsolved mysteries that I was would they would always when they show Robert Stack would be showing they'd be he'd be talking about someone who was wanted. He'd say so and so is wanted on all of these counts of murder, you know, robbery and impersonating a photographer. I mean, it was always <laughs> something that you know it was always something that you couldn't take lightly. And, but then the other thing about it is they didn't really, like you said, they didn't really do a good job casing it. Everybody would know who they are. They had, they had description, they would have had descriptions of them. I mean, they could have almost just gone and done, forgotten all this hullabaloo, waited until the bank was closed and broke in and robbed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That That's all they had to do. A little bit smarter, I think. Yeah. I mean, they, maybe they, I mean, they clearly have a flair for the dramatics. They probably were community were like actors out of work and wanted to just kind of hone hone that skill while they were uh, trying to also make some money for it. You know, life's hard. I mean, sometimes. I mean, it is hard out there. I have. I just. They. I mean, they did imply that they had pulled several jobs. Yeah, they have. So maybe they got lazy. I don't know. Third time I do something the same, I get a little lazy about it. Well, that's why you and I. That's why I'm never robbing banks with you. I mean, that's just <laughs> never, never going to happen because you don't, you're not committed to your craft, yeah. and you know that's 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 the challenge there. All right, so back in the jail, it turns out Andy figured out what they were up to. He's, he tells them that because it was the FBI agent, FBI agent let his photo be taken. Floyd brings in another tour, and this time Barney introduces him to the new prisoners, the newly, the newly captured bank robbers. Which works great. That's all he's yeah. ever wanted. Full circle. It's full circle. It's all worked out. And in the epilogue, Barney is writing a song to Oh My Darling, and which is, you know, the movie Oh My Darling is based on, is, is the movie Oh My Darling is about Wyatt Earp fighting the Clintons. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So Andy comes in and sings a version called Oh My Barney, which does not paint Barney in the best light. I mean, it's great. I think this is really just a good ending to a solid episode. It moved fast. I feel like we reviewed it pretty fast, but there's kind of, there's a lot to talk about. And I think it's a fun, quick piece. I think it is a fun, quick piece. Um, I think it really is. 
And I don't, I mean, I do find that, find it just entertaining. And I mean, it is really, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is this isn't going to be the first, this isn't the first time or the last time somebody's going to try to rip off the town of Mayberry and Andy's going to surprise them. And every time it happens, it doesn't feel like you're dealing with criminal masterminds. So we can't expect, expect too much here. Right. So how many whistles would you give this? I'll give this one eight whistles. Other than we didn't talk about this, but I didn't like that Aunt B was already trying to sell the, the school photo, Andy's grown up photo. So I'd give Aunt B four to show eight. <laughs> All right, the show eight. So you, so you just feel like Aunt B was, uh, you don't feel like she was just being a proud aunt. You feel like she was trying to capitalize? No, she was trying to get her little nose into the spotlight. I see. I see. Well, that's. I'd give it eight. I, I, I'm not so harsh on my review of, of Aunt B. Okay. All right, we'll teach their own. Well, that's it for this one. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Loaded Goat Pod. If you have any questions or comments for us, go to loadedgoat.net and submit a question. Next up is the perfect female. And if you really wonder what makes this podcast work, there's Christopher, there's me, and the baby makes three. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.